Good evening and welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA players, legends, and top instructors go to share their stories, insights, and playing lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, Ben Hogan Golf, the PGA Tour Superstore, Two Under, the Salt Creek Golf Retreat, TaylorMade Golf, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, and Superspeed Golf. Now, here's your host, Chris Mascaro. And, and welcome to a very special Sunday edition of Next on the T. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you're at. And if not, well, I hope we can brighten it up a little bit for you. Today is a special edition because I recently had the privilege of spending some time with Brent Dornford. Brent is the brand manager over at Old Head Golf Links over in Ireland. And folks, if you're not familiar with Old Head, Please Google it while you listen to our conversation. I know we just saw the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach and how beautiful that golf course is, and it, and it really is. I'm taking nothing away from Pebble Beach. But Old Head might just be the most beautiful golf course in the world. It sits on a peninsula that reaches two miles out and 300 feet above the Atlantic Ocean. Again, over in Ireland now. It's simply an amazing piece of property. Look, you guys know, I've always said Augusta National is the number one course on my bucket list of places that I would love to play one day. St. Andrews being number two, Old Head is now number three on that list with Oakmont and Pebble Beach rounding out my top five. The grandeur of Old Head from the course layout to the views and the surprisingly great weather, which you're going to hear Brent talk about. Going into the interview, my misconception of it was being, you know, over in Ireland, boy, weather must be a challenge. But you're going to hear Brent talk about how great the weather is over there the vast majority of the time, so much so that they've got palm trees growing on the property. It's simply beautiful, and I think you're going to agree with me that it is one of the top bucket list golf courses that you're going to want to play as well. Folks, as always, thank you so much for being here and checking out the show and taking the journey with me here. Now, here's my conversation with Brent Dornford, brand manager over at Old Head Golf Links. Now joining me on the French Lake Resort guest line is Brent Dornford. Brent is the brand manager at Old Head Golf Links over in Ireland. And folks, if you're not familiar with Old Head, please go online right now to oldhead.com to follow along and look at the amazing piece of property while we're talking about it here. In my opinion, it is the most amazing piece of land, let alone golf course, I, I could ever imagine. It's a peninsula stretching two miles out and 300 feet above the Atlantic Ocean with a golf course on it, no less. When I was doing the research, I was blown away by what I was seeing with respect to the course. The tagline on their website, the most breathtaking yards in golf, and I completely agree with that. Prior to his current role, Brent was the key account manager for Bushnell Performance Optics, and I'm honored to have him with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Brent, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris, no, it's a pleasure, and uh, yeah, thank you for the nice uh, introduction. Um, yep, certainly, we're very privileged to work here, and uh, we've got a beautiful sunny day here right now, so lots of, uh, lots of happy uh, members and guests. Yeah, no doubt you do. And, I, and we'll certainly spend a lot of time talking about uh, what you have over there at, at Old Head, Brent, but I, I want to start out by first talking a little bit about you and your time in the game of golf. So just... From from the beginning, when when did you first start? When was the love affair of golf for you first born? Um, well, it was actually a friend of mine in school whose father was on the uh, the European tour, a chap called John Morgan, whose son Graham Morgan was in my class 
um, at Caldy Grange Grammar School, and uh, and it was he who kind of got me hooked. Um, I kind of dug out an old seven iron that my father had in the in the shed, and uh, and the love affair was born really, um, and stayed with me. I went to study uh, a marketing degree, and uh, as a result of that, did a did a project with a with a golf company. Um, who were fairly embryonic at the time, Hippo Hippo Golf. Um, it was just being born, actually. I came in as their kind of marketing manager, and we went on to sponsor the likes of John Daly and Ian Woosnam, good drinking partners, both of them. And, uh, yeah, we became quite a successful uh, global brand. Uh, I ended up looking after the, uh, yeah, the global distribution for them. So we had, uh, yeah, we had effective distribution from New Zealand upwards. It was It was fun times. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, you, you can't throw that out there about uh, John Daly and Ian Woosman without, you know, t- taking that a little bit further. So what was it like being around those guys? No, fantastic. Um, both both big-hearted individuals, um, to be honest. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with um, with both of them, if you like, uh, shooting um, infomercials, um, whether it was at Woosnam's home in Jersey or uh, John Daly's home in Arkansas for the a fond memory is is spending like three days with uh, with John and a Japanese film crew, and uh, John would host all of us in the morning, making coffees for the whole crew. Um, just yeah, sharing sharing some of his uh, his stories and uh, even playing a bit of music to us in the evenings. Um, yeah, no, very good guy, and certainly helped us. Uh, Spread the word of the uh, yeah the hippo giant driver was something that we had at the time and uh, obviously with his prolific hitting he he helped us uh, get that global yeah good guys and and he also spent some time over with Bushnell how did you go from hippo to Bushnell um, so hippo to Bushnell was uh, yeah Bushnell was actually after working for um, a company Ely Hawk for a number of years um, as well um, time flies by. Um, Ely Hawk were a shotgun manufacturer, a traditional um, cartridge supplier um, globally again. So I looked after their global distribution and then uh, an opportunity came up with Bushnell that kind of took me back to my uh, my golfing days. And uh, as you know, they're the, the dominant force in uh, and lasers and um, increasingly GPS. And uh, so, yeah, went to work for them, increased their European business and then... Um, it's actually my father-in-law was uh, well. He he built Old Head um, along with his brother, and uh, there came a point where he said, "Well, you know, enough's enough. We want you kind of uh, coming in here and uh, and doing some work with Old Head." So I didn't just want to come in here as part of the family. There was an opportunity to kind of grow grow the business here um, in terms of the properties. Um, which again we can go into, but we're at a particularly exciting point in time now where we're adding to the clubhouse, creating additional suites. Um, we've purchased a farm just down the road on the headland where we're going to put some lodges and also a hotel site in the town of Kinsale. So yeah, it's, it's a very dynamic, dynamic place to be at the moment. So that's my kind of my lot here as well as the uh, the marketing facet. So when was the first time you saw Old Head and what was it? What was the reaction the first time you went out and saw the property and what was going on there? 
Yeah, jaw dropping, <laughs> without a doubt. So it actually opened on the uh, on the first of June. Again, I'll, I'll happily take you into into some yeah. of the history prior to that, Chris. But in terms of my first visit, it opened on the first of June, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, my first visit would have been the following year with my brother. Um, it was a friend from New Zealand. Um, back in the uh, back in the hippo days, he was our distributor. And uh, we were talking of Cowrie Cliffs and uh, Cape Kidnappers, where I'd been fortunate to go with him. And he said, uh, you do realize that the most spectacular course in the world, even including these two, is uh, is actually on your doorstep. And I was like, what, really? And he said, yeah, old old head golf links over in Ireland. So... Uh, so sure enough, having pointed us in that direction, I said to my brother, "Come on, we need to we need to get on this short flight, um, an hour from London." And uh, and Eric Faisenclerc, the man in New Zealand, was exactly right. Yeah, no, it uh, it was incredible, and that was back then. And it's obviously that was when it was a year old and less defined than it is now. But uh, but you could see what it was going to become. Uh, yeah, it, just incredible, Chris, to be honest. And uh, I'm just saying the same words that uh, a lot of people who come and play here for the first time. It's 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 fantastic to see their reaction. You know, we're, we're obviously fortunate to deal with a lot of privileged golfers who get to play the, the best courses um, globally. And uh, the consistent message that comes back when they've played here for the first time is that's the the best, the most spectacular course, the best golf experience I've had, which is yeah, super satisfying. So to your point a moment ago, Brent, talk about the history of Holdhead because it's got a very rich one, complete with castles and moats and drawbridges and drawbridges and everything. I think that we would imagine that uh, would have been going on at a piece of property like that uh, since the, really the beginning of recorded time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's an ancient um, headland, if you like. It's a national monument um, in Ireland. Um, it was actually... Um, owned by uh, generations of farmers passed on from son to son um over the over the years uh, it was always private land if you like and um it passed into the hands of michael roach um having been through five generations of farmers and he was was the member of the family who finally finally said enough is enough and what am i saying there is that it was a difficult place to farm he had livestock on there and a lot of people were trespassing with their dogs and uh and sadly livestock was kind of going off the edges of the cliffs so it was you know it wasn't commercially viable for him and he was the one who said actually i'm going to put this uh, put this on the market and we'll focus on the rest of the land that we've got further down further down near to Kinsale um believe it or not that it was i mean this is going back to 1985 he put it he put it on the market and it was actually on the market for for 5 years and um the O'Connor brothers John O'Connor and Patrick O'Connor who were from Kerry um in Ireland and had subsequently moved over to London and become successful property dealers whilst maintaining their roots in Kerry were traveling backwards and forwards and um at one of these trips they actually got fogged in um to Cork airport this was in uh, in 1989 and uh, and rather than go to the local pub it was uh, it was Patrick who said well why don't we go and have a look at the uh, the old head that's 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 for sale just to just to go and have a look being that it was only 20 miles down the road 
and um, they saw it and um, they kind of fell in love with it. I think um, secretly John O'Connor had it in the back of his mind that he wanted to develop a golf course. Patrick was kind of, well, you know, even if we put somebody on the gate and just charge people to do this beautiful walk, you know, it's got to be, it's, it's, it's viable. You know, it's 200,000 punts was the investment. It's incredible, incredible deal. And, um, so they, they had meetings with, uh, with Michael Roach and a property broker, Dominic Daly. And, uh, yeah, ended up signing contracts shortly after to, uh, to acquire, um, the old head, um, as, as a beautiful piece of land. So from there, obviously, a golf course plan, you know, is birth. So, t- Brent, talk about the, you know, the design team, how, how the whole, you know, layout of the golf course came about and who some of the folks were that were involved in putting the golf course on that piece of property. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it came about that they decided uh, they had this mad notion to uh, to build a golf course. Everybody said uh, it's impossible. You're just going to be you're going to be throwing throwing your money down the uh, down the drain. I had an interesting conversation with the lighthouse keeper um who 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 was one of the people who agreed that they'd be mad and and but but watched as this thing was born in front of his eyes and it was yeah the the perseverance of uh, and the vision of John O'Connor who sadly passed away it was his vision and determination that was the driving force to uh to strike the idea through and it was Patrick who was um and he would admit who was effectively funding it uh, putting the funding behind John's uh, John's vision John would travel the whole world with um an agronomist just picking the the most beautiful plants and and working out what could survive here. Um, in terms of the design team, they had um, Eddie Hackett was one of the first guys. It was actually a collaboration of designers, Chris, who kind of came together. Um, Eddie Hackett, who was involved in the design of the likes of Khan and Waterville, um, he was he was one who first put a plan together. Joe Carr, the famous Irish amateur who'd never actually designed um, a course before, but John O'Connor um, said to him, "Look, Joe, we'd we'd love to have your uh, love to have your input." So he he came into the equation as well. Um, Patrick Merrigan, who was one of the designers of Waterville, along with Eddie Hackett was introduced to um to John by Liam Higgins who was the pro at um at Waterville and the man who put the uh the, the final piece together if you like um was a chap Ron Kirby um who's the youngest 84 year old um I'll ever know um he was Jack Nicholas's right hand man he was over here at the time working on um of course Mount Juliet and uh, and he was introduced the O'Connors and uh, so it was that collaboration and uh, and forces joining together that uh, that came up with the uh, that came up with the, the the beautiful course that we have in front of us today. And and Brent, one of the things that I find remarkable is something that you were sharing with me off the air because with a stretch of property that reaches again two miles out into the Atlantic Ocean, it's a it's a peninsula. And you're exposed on all sides to the, you know, to the salt air and to the wind and to the elements. But yet 
you saying, you know, I think what all of us would imagine is it's sort of like what we see when we're watching the Open Championship. You never know what kind of weather you're going to get. Oftentimes it's it's windy and it's rainy and you can see all four seasons in the course of a round of golf. But what you're saying, what you were saying to me is, you know, hey, we get a lot of really nice weather here. Talk about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we do we do have our fair share of uh, of traditional Irish weather, if you like, that you're familiar with seeing um, on on your screens, and and the same with the the, the Open Championship. You know, we we have our our winds and our rains, but um, the one thing is is that we're actually on the Gulf Stream here, and we've got a little little microclimate. So uh, yeah, people are always uh, surprised to see the likes of palm trees on the course and, and, and along the Irish coast, along the southwest Irish coast. Um we get some stunning stunning weather. Um uh, we have super super flat calm days, one of which is uh, is today and we've got a we've got a spell of a, a week of it. We had a spell of four weeks of it uh, last summer. Beautiful, stunning twenty twenty degrees Celsius plus plus weather. We just don't tell too many people about it. Otherwise, everybody would be here, Chris, to be honest. So we kind of give out the uh, we give out the myth that it's always raining and pouring and foggy. But uh, no, we, we, we get a bit of that for sure. But uh, yeah, no, we, we get some we get some beautiful weather as well. So give me that piece, you know, the opposite side of that coin. What what are some of the worst elements that, that you've seen or you heard people that uh, actually brave those elements and are like, I don't care what it's like outside, I'm playing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you're bending forwards into the wind on, on the occasions that it really does kind of catch the headland. Um, but that makes for a great golf experience as well. You know, you're kind of battling the elements in a beautiful environment and uh, in a magical place with waves crashing 300 feet below you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it makes for a great challenge, but then it's, it's also fun to play on a benign day. Um, and we have, we have a series of tees as well. So if, if it does, if the wind does get up, then uh, yeah, don't feel guilty about kind of nudging up on one of the uh, one of the kind of slightly slightly shorter kind of tees, if you like. Um, so it's challenging, but it doesn't beat the uh, beat the crap out of you because that's you know that's no fun in golf, as we know. A good story about um, about some of the highest winds that we've had, and and of course if it, if it gets ridiculous, um, then then the course is shut. We actually that's one thing actually, Chris is is we do shut the course at the end of October um, to the beginning of April. Um, one, the days are a lot shorter over here, and two, the weather can get uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty adverse, even if Gulfstream or not, and it, it gives the chance, the, the course a chance to rest. Um, our membership is predominantly U.S. based, so uh, you know they'll be playing in in warmer climes at that uh, that that time of year, and it gives the the course an opportunity to rest, as I say. But going back to the weather, yeah, no, we've had some ridiculous weather in that closed season, which uh, which sees waves crash over the the kind of 30 meter lighthouse at the end of the peninsula we had a storm system wow. coming two two years ago where uh, where waves crashed over the uh, over the 17th fairway and uh, actually the the following morning the greenkeepers were picking up i think it was circa 60 balls that had been returned from the ocean bed onto the 17th wow. fairway so that's uh, yeah, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't get yeah. that in the season. Nobody's washed away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's good news. 
So uh, to that end, right, and then just going, you know, t- sticking with the elements for just a moment longer. But how, you know, in, the, in where you're at, and all of the elements that you do have to deal with, is it is it difficult keeping the course in great condition? How do you manage to make sure everything is as beautiful as it looks when we're looking at it online? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we've got a team of uh, of twenty greenkeepers um, headed up by our superintendent wow. Neil DC, who's just um, yeah, he's incredible individual and he, he's got a heck of a team working al- alongside him with five landscapers tending to the to the the beautiful planting that we've got around the uh, the course as well um we've actually got natural wells on the uh, on the course from which we can draw fresh water um so say in that period that i was talking of before where the the weather was for a period of five weeks we had no rain last summer and a lot of the courses sadly in ireland were were kind of really suffering um because there was yeah there was ban on hose pipes etc but but we were able to draw from our wells and uh, and get out and irrigate the course and and even in that shut period we have that we have the team working on the course as well and and making a few tweaks here and there over the over the period which obviously polishing a diamond effect there's always something we can do there's no radical changes that we need to make but um, but whether it's changing a tea or this winter period we actually changed the changed the eighth green um again we had uh, ron kirby come over as our consultant and we just yeah we just make a few tweaks here and there just to yeah keep it interesting and uh, and never stop always push the boundaries you know if there's something that we can improve we will but uh, but we're not going to change for the sake of change so you mentioned that uh, the predominant members are from uh, the u.s how many rounds of golf do you guys get played on over there so capacity, Chris, is um, is twenty thousand rounds a year. Um, so it is. I mean, it is a private members club um, with limited outside play, but we do work with a few um, tour operators, and then we open our books for the following season when we shut the course. Um, so from November um, twenty eighteen, you could book for this season, and uh, pretty much within a month, we'd we'd sold out um so there's only pockets small pockets of available tea times and it's the same with the sweets that we have on board then they're 90 gone before we uh before we open which is uh yeah wow. a, a, a pleasant problem <laughs> no doubt and, and brad some of the videos of old head show people coming over you got helicopters that sort of thing even though you can't drive to the course who are who are some yep. of the celebrities and folks that you have coming and visiting during the course of the year? Yeah, um, so in um, it was in nineteen oh, was it nineteen ninety eight when we had um, Tiger Woods, um, Phil Mickelson, um, Payne Stewart, very sadly just before he passed, um, David Duval, Lee Jansen, and Stuart Appleby. Um, they were down in in Waterville and uh, and came in here by uh, by chopper, um, and uh, they were all amazed. I mean, it was it was Tiger Woods can be quoted. It's it's in a book that we're just uh, about to publish, saying it was the most amazing golf experience that that he'd had. Um, so that you know, when we get testimony like that, and that was when the course was only very young, so. Hopefully it won't be too long until he's back. Maybe when he plays in the uh, the pro am at um, at Adair next year, McManus's. Um, maybe he'll come back. 
Um, outside of that, yeah, we've had, um, yeah, the likes of Michael Douglas, quite a few film stars, sporting celebrities, um, Michael Jordan, um, lots of kind of premiership soccer players, football, we call it over here. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's lots of guys continually coming through. Um, so I imagine I can tell you, I can tell you what. what yeah, no, ton, tons, tons of them exactly. Yeah, they were were, were lucky, and and say um, Keith Pelly, who who's the head of the European Tour, is a, a big friend of the course. Very nice guy. Um, we like Keith. Excellent. I think he's doing a great job with the European Tour, and he's um, yeah, he's certainly a good friend of old head. So he'll, I'm sure he'll bring some of the players in when the um, when the Irish Open is on at La Hinch um, in a month's time, and then of course we've got the Open at. Um, Port Rush as well this year, so I would imagine quite a few of the tour pros will come down and uh, and want to tick the uh, tick their list and uh, and want to play old head. Yeah, no, the word so is, the word is kind of getting all, out there. Yeah, so on top of all of the celebrities that you've had, I mean, what are some of your favorite stories from things that you've either witnessed or you've heard people talk about with uh, with respect to people coming over there? Yeah, no, I've got a, I've got I've got a, a, a couple of great stories. Um, one which my my kind of father-in-law Patrick O'Connor um, told me, which is a Trump story, um, where in 2006 um, Patrick and John were fishing off a boat in Kerry, and uh, and they had a they had a phone call from uh, from Donald Trump speaking directly to uh, to Patrick. And um, he said, uh, I'd, I'd like to buy the old head. And uh, Patrick said to him, well, you can't afford it, Donald. And uh, he said, what do you mean I can't, I can't afford it? And he said, well, it's not for sale. Therefore, you can't afford it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that went down well. But uh, but Patrick's not one to be obstructive or arrogant. He's certainly not like that at all. He's just, you know, he values it. If you sold the old head, you know, you'd, you'd get why would you want to sell it? It's the You would never get anywhere like it ever again. But what he did do was he actually then pointed um, Donald Trump in the direction of the Meany estate, um, which a friend of his owned um, up in Scotland in Aberdeen and, um, and had his friend take, uh, take Donald Trump's guys up to this Meany estate. And, and from that, um, yeah, Trump Aberdeen was born. So, uh, so that's, I, I find that quite a, quite a cool story. <laughs> Indeed. And good for him for not selling. I appreciate exactly. that very much. No, it's, 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 it's the, the, the not for sale situation. Yes. It's, uh, it's, there's, there's just, you know, you would never get anywhere as, uh, as magical as this place again. And we hope that you get here, Chris, in the, in the not too distant to see, to see for yourself. Yeah, no kidding. It's definitely on my bucket list of places to come and play and, and take a look at. I appreciate that very much. Brent, before we let you go, let our listeners know. How can they find out more information about Old Head and uh, and potentially book their visit to come see it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as you said before, um, if you go to www.oldhead.com, there's uh, there's some nice imagery on there. There's uh, there's a little video piece that you can see on there, and direct contacts to our kind of reservations department. Just a click on situation um, and inquiries um, facility, if you like, um, together with our kind of rates. So yeah, no, 
please please do please have a look at the website hopefully you'll enjoy it it'll give you details of our suites and uh and kind of where we're going in the future as i spoke it's a bit very exciting time at the moment and uh, we'll be in a, a situation in the not too distant where we can certainly look after a lot more people um, in old head accommodation. And Brett, what about uh, on social media? How can they follow old head and everything you guys are doing and stay up to date that way as well? Yeah, no, um, right now we kind of put a bit of stuff on um, on Facebook um, so you can get updates through that. And um, yeah, the other social media aspects we're just kind of really building, building at the moment. Well, Brent, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your afternoon over there to, to be a part of the show. It's been a real pleasure having you. I hope you'll come back, keep us updated on everything that's going on there as you talk about as things expand and you add on and you do more things. We'd sure like to stay up to date with all of that. No, absolutely no. Thanks for thinking of us. And uh, no, it's been a pleasure. Definitely. Let's keep in touch. Indeed. Brent, thank you so much. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Okay, likewise. Cheers, Chris. And uh, yeah, no, please do get over here. Just let me know and we'll uh, we'll set you up. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care, Brent. Okay, cheers. That was my conversation with Brent Dornford of Old Head Golf Links. Again, oldhead.com is the website. And give him a follow on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. When you see the pictures, folks, I'm telling you, you're going to be just as blown away as I was. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to take a listen to this show. As always, folks, we appreciate you all the very most. Join me again Tuesday night when my guests will be two of the top instructors in the game, Kelly Stenzel and my regular guest, Tom Patry, plus golf course designer Trip Davis as well. Folks, we're looking forward to having another great show then, and we hope you'll be a part of it with me. Until then, hit them straight, my friends.